Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Collection of air anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks, and now six flavors of nice cold slushies available, along with the pickle bar, which is indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online to sunburymotors.com, check out the great line of Fords, Lincoln, Hyundai, Kia, and pre-owned inventory you can buy from the comfort of your own home, all at sunburymotors.com. How about that story on CBS News, Matt, about the woman that recovered from coronavirus, 103? Yeah, tremendous then, story. There's been a, there's been a few of those yeah. where you have like 90, yeah. 100 plus year olds recovering. Yeah, it's awesome. And then she celebrated by having a beer. Right. <laughs> oh, that's great. Right. Okay, my um, wife's grandmother, and she has since passed away. She passed away at the age of 95. <laughs> but. She used to say, somebody said, what's the secret to longevity? He says, I have a shot every night. And, <laughs> and, and Kathy's aunt looks over and says, you have two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. A little controversy. Claret's up there as a, as a wide out, too. The ball goes into the end zone, and it is incomplete. Intended for Gamble. Now there is a penalty flag thrown. Hold on. Hold the phone. Everybody comes running down on the field. you got to get off because there's a penalty flag thrown, and I think it's against Miami. And if it's thrown in the end zone, the ball will be placed on the one-yard line. First and goal. Glenn Sharp trying to cover Chris Gamble, and he may have arrived a tad too soon. Trenzo sneaking. Touchdown. Loret. Touchdown. And Kellen Winslow and Dorsey under pressure. Throws it. Incomplete. The Buckeyes win. That was Jim Tressel's national championship when they beat Miami. The controversial call. Chris Gamble, who, by the way, played both ways that season for Ohio State, playing wide receiver on that play. And Ohio State, in overtime, won it. What was it? Two, I want to say 2002. That sound right? 2002 season, 2003. Uh, yeah, 03 BCS, uh, BCS championship. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. With that, we bring in my good friend from the Running Eagle, Rich Scarcello. Rich, uh, great to hear you on the other end. I hope you and yours are safe, sounded well. 
Thanks, Steve. We are, and it's good to hear your voice as well. All right. So it, it has not been inactive when it comes to Penn State football. If you're covering Michigan, you would be right now have no idea what's going on because they've done nothing. I mean, zero. Uh, but Penn State hasn't. They've put players out there, every assistant coach. James has been on a couple of times. Sandy mm-hmm. Barber's been on a couple of times. What have you learned over the last few weeks about a football program that, like all others, uh, is in a holding pattern? Um, I know this, especially after talking to Lamont Wade and Pat Fryermuth this week, that these guys can't wait to play again. They're all concerned, of course, about um, their safety. Um, they ha- they do have concerns about that, but I think they're really itching uh, to play. And I think they have, it sounds like anyway, they have confidence uh, that the university officials will take the proper protocols uh, to protect their health and well-being. Uh, but but it's clear, uh, I think they're all uh, tired, I think like we all are, tired of uh, being at home. Um, you know, they want to they get at it. And uh, if they can do it in a safe manner, uh, that'll be great. Yeah, exactly. Well, the safe manner is going to be yep. the key to all all of this mm-hmm. uh, moving forward. There are also new assistant coaches, including yep. a new offensive coordinator. Now, mm-hmm. at least the offensive coordinator got here in December. In your opinion, how much does that at least help Kirk Scirocco that he's been able to at least develop face-to-face contact with his quarterbacks before all of this happened? Well, it's, it's been a while since we talked to him. I look back, it was early April I know. It's, it's it's hard to believe but I do remember this he he was and he was very good um he he thought that was key that he had whatever it was two months about a little more than two months to to work with the staff to at least have meetings in contact with the players especially the quarterbacks uh you know from what he said and from what James Franklin said to us uh, the offense will be a uh, uh, kind of a combined uh, effort in terms of it'll have some of things from that Minnesota and Western Michigan ran over the last several years and some things that Penn State has run over the last several years. Uh, but I think that was very important that he got here, um, you know, before all this happened, before the pandemic hit. Um, uh, you know, I talked to Sean Clifford a while ago. He seems all on board. Kirk says feels the same way about Sean. Um, I think, uh, based on what Tanner Morgan told Sean Clifford about Kirk, I think that's going to that's going to work out well. Uh, Pat Fryermuth had a lot of nice things to say about Kirk. He's you know he said the offense has been simplified, uh, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I hope. I mean, if uh, hopefully there's a season. I, I'm, hoping and I'm looking forward to seeing what that offense will look like. I think a lot of us are. Uh, and by the way, I, Oklahoma State, here's here's an interesting one for you. Oklahoma is not going to go back for voluntary workouts until mm-hmm. July 15th. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State's going Monday. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's I two, mean, two different philosophies. They're, uh, what, 70 miles apart. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what the NCAA has done, they've basically left it up to each individual school to do what they feel like 
they should do. And, you know, we still haven't heard yet about Penn State. I would assume after the Big Ten meeting next week, we might hear something about, you know, when the return date might be, uh, especially with, you know, my county, Berks County, and, and the rest of southeastern Pennsylvania going from red to yellow next Friday. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think, um, you know, I saw something today. I think that they're looking at like a six-week um period and the NCA is anyway or the NCA yeah. council put put something out I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing um, I mean I think if if Penn State is back if Penn State players uh, are back on campus before the end of June um, I think they can prepare the way they need to prepare for a football season yeah I think so too I think if if the door opened I know Penn State will make a decision on what they intend to do with fall mm-hmm. classes on or before June 15th right I think right. at that point then you find out you know you know what Penn State wants to do athletically for because right now the only ones that are allowed on campus are football men's and women's mm-hmm. basketball players mm-hmm. that in the NCAA it is not an across the board and it's voluntary, correct? It's all voluntary yeah. stuff, yeah. you know, which includes obviously getting in the weight room and, you know, mm-hmm. if quarterbacks and want to organize seven on sevens and things like that, they can. Uh, so, I mean, there's a, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, they'll be able to do that at least brings back a sense of normalcy. I was wondering if they would do something, for example, in July, like two weekends of OTAs. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see because every team, right, every team is going to be different. And yeah. and I'm sure knowing what kind of organization and planner, organizational guy and planner that James Franklin is, he has come up with several options and he's probably by now figured out what option he plans to use. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm actually looking to see how that works out. Stephen, I'm also looking to see... Uh, I, I this is just me talking. I can't imagine there'll be 107,000 people at Beaver Stadium right. for any game this fall. Right. I'm interested to see what number that they come up with. If in fact there is a number, uh, and and how and how everything like how tickets are distributed and all that. That's a side issue. But I'm interested to see how what football will be like with 20, 30,000 people in it. You know, in a stadium, it's going to be so different and so you know, so unlike anything that you or I have ever seen. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even when it's a quote bad day. <laughs> yeah. A bad day. Physically, there may be between seventy-five and ninety-five thousand mm-hmm. people. I mean, the tickets sold will be a higher number, mm-hmm. but like a bad day is like seventy-five to ninety-five thousand. I mean, yeah. going underneath that, like wow, it will be completely yeah. different. There's yeah. no getting around it, and it's yeah, going to be like yeah. that everywhere. Sure, sure. You know, and we, you know, I shouldn't, uh, uh, for selfish reasons, I'll just bring up the media. I mean, who knows how many people will be allowed in press boxes across the country because of social distancing and how interviews are done and so on. And I know the Penn State um, strategic communication staff is, is considering all the, those options now. And, um, you know, who knows if how many credentials will be allowed, how many Penn State beat writers will be allowed to travel on the road. Who knows? Right. That kind of stuff. But anyway, that's their side issues. No, but but actually it does bring up something that's important. Do you set up, once you determine what that number is, do you decide at least initially until everybody feels more comfortable, like 
do you then after the game do zooms possibly where they set it up in the media room and the media is in the box asking questions on mm-hmm. zoom call i mean th- i mean these are all i think all interesting questions and yeah. it does affect the fans because they want to hear from these players anyway sure sure i i just i'm so you know sometimes i get so myopic and i just think well but i don't i don't know how much fans care about the media sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why i said that but um no, I mean you don't want to get back to something you did say, and I, I maybe I skipped over it, but about Penn State making people available, and I got to say that has helped me at the Reading Eagle and our sister newspapers in southeastern Pennsylvania, because without the games, it's given me something to write about. I've had other things to write about, plenty, but that to have that availability. Um, consistent availability right from the, geez, probably late March. I can't remember the exact date. That's been a big help. Yeah, I don't think there's been any question about that. Uh, yeah. Every writer I've talked to has said the same thing. They have given us so much stuff to write about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think it really helps that you have, you know, not you know, not just a head coach that's so articulate and well thought of, but the assistant coaches are like that. The players they're putting out there have been like that where they put I mean they have a lot of people that really are you know you know well thought and I think that yeah. really helps because you're getting a lot of very good answers because they are yeah I mean Lamont Wade this week was as you might expect was very very good when yep. we asked him questions about uh, the social unrest, and, and, and you know, we, we don't have to go into detail about that right now, but he was very, very good as he as he has been throughout his Penn State career when it comes to that. And, uh, you know, I, I want to, you know, he, he could have ignored those questions, and he yes. could, you know, but he didn't. He addressed them, and, uh, you know, I, I really admire him for that. And, and you know, Pat, on Wednesday, Firemuth was terrific. Uh you know, he gave us some very, very thoughtful answers. Uh, you know, and sometimes, you know, after a game, you're in a hurry to, 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 you know, you're asking questions in a hurry, and they're giving answers in a hurry because they have somewhere to go. You have a story to write. But I thought Wednesday he was very, very good. And by the way, uh, yeah, Pat's. I think Pat's up in Massachusetts. I think right now. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, that's what he said. But Lamont's not. Uh, nope. it, it, that's what people realize may not realize. There are actually a few more players here than mm-hmm. people realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not all of them are quote home. No, no, I, 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 you know, because like you said, they've been allowed to go up there, um, you know, involuntarily, and um, you know, I may, you you might know better. I don't have a number, but I knew I knew Lamont was in State College, and I'm trying to think who was. Uh, who do we have last week? We had Shane Simmons and yeah. three Castro Fields. I think Shane was home in Maryland. He was. I, yeah. Uh, Tariq, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure about that. But anyway, that, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think these guys, I just get the the feeling. I think the one thing, Steve, and I don't know if anybody else, any of your other guests have said this, the one thing that they've all discussed is accountability. Yes. Holding each other accountable with Zoom meetings, whether it's squad meetings, offense meetings, defense meetings, position meetings, and also their workouts, their conditioning, their nutrition, uh, almost to a man, they've all talked about that and how important they feel that'll be once the season begins. 
I have to ask you about the Reading fight in Phils. Now, look, they, mm-hmm. they have a distinct advantage moving forward. The Phillies own them. Uh, True. So that's, that's, a, that's a big advantage. They don't have that issue. But what does that – what does the fact uh, that, look, we don't even know there's going to be a they're, baseball season to begin with. Yeah, but they're probably – I mean, I've been writing a lot of baseball stories. There probably is not going to be a minor right. league season. which I think everybody, yeah. I think, yeah. acknowledges yeah. that's the way it's going mm-hmm. to be. Uh, what does that do for um, the writing fight and fills, for example, you know, to go through a summer of nothing, which yeah. means not a dime comes in, they'll survive no matter what, but how much does that put them behind the eight ball? Well, our beat writer, Mike Drago, talked to the general manager, Scott Hunsaker, uh, two weeks ago and wrote a story about it. They've already begun preparing for the 21 season. Right. And they're fortunate because, yes, they are being, I'm pretty sure, I don't know how it works out, they're at least, they've been kept employed. The front office is basically intact. I don't know if they've had furloughs or pay cuts. I have no idea. But they're preparing for the 21 season. As you know, with minor league teams, almost all their revenue comes in on game night. That's right. Whether it's tickets, whether it's concessions, or whether it's parking. So there is no way that there was going to be a minor league season without fans in the stands. That just didn't make any sense. Um, I know I've talked. I talked to one of our guys, our high school guys, uh, high school former high school guys. Uh, he's he's with the Blue Jays organization. Um, talked to him, and then I talked to another guy we have here, Matt Swarmer, who's with AAA. Who was with AAA Iowa last year, and you know they're just waiting for the call. And Matt. As a AAA player, is hoping that he gets the call to be on what it looks like is going to be a taxi squad right. of AAA players as kind of a reserve pool for the big league teams whenever, um, whenever they begin, whenever the season begins. But um, you know, it's funny you asked me about minor leagues. I'm going to give you another one. I wrote a story the night that the Reading Fighting Phils were supposed to open their season, their home season. I wrote a story on the vendors yeah. and the vendors are the, the people like there's this one guy who's done it forever he quit his job he worked in finances yeah. he's a professional vendor and he because this is the first time in my life I'm on unemployment hmm. and they're, they're the people like the those kind of people that it's really hurting um, you know that they're not able to go out and work games I mean he works games down in Philadelphia and Baltimore as well, and it's it, it's really hurt people like him. Oh, and I I think all the time about the ushers, the security people, mm-hmm. the vendors. You now for them, it's it's a part time job, but that's a, it's that little extra that makes a big difference, and they they enjoy yeah. doing it. It's a fun way for them to yeah. get that little extra, and th- those people aren't going to have it this year. Right. I mean they they talked to me, and that was early April, but they were saying how. When they show up for that first game, it's like a reunion because yes. they they're the regulars, and then the fans see them, and it's like you know, they haven't seen them since last August, and it's like a reunion and a and, a, and there's it's it, like you know the, a family reconnecting and and they all of them that I talked to they said the same thing that's what they really miss the most. Yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, one last question. Sure. And it deals. It actually deals with the minor league part of it. Uh, obviously, the they will get what they want. They will cut forty-two teams somewhere yeah. along the line. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I've I have said, Rich, 
that it's one of those penny wise pound foolish moves because if you want to get 18 to 34 year olds engaged mm -hmm. which it seems like the stated goal of every sport mm -hmm. when do you hook them well you hook them usually at minor league baseball in mm -hmm. Reading yeah where the family goes over and yep. all of a sudden the youngsters yep say hey let's go to a Phillies game yeah. Right in a couple of years. See, I think from a marketing point of view, I, I feel like it's it, it, there's a lot of this that's foolish. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of stuff that's happening right now, and even this was before the pandemic. Yes. Um, the contraction. Um, you know, now you're talking about a draft this year that's five going rounds. to be five rounds next yeah. year, maybe ten. Yeah. And I'm thinking about all these high school kids and yeah. college kids who aren't going to get an opportunity. And that's the sad part. You know, I, okay, maybe I could see it cutting one level. Okay. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. Cut yeah. One, yeah. But to cut this many levels and this many teams and what, you know, and Medler Field will be fine because it has Penn State and it'll have other events. If state college, if the state college spikes are gone, I mean it's sad. I don't don't get me wrong, but the the town will survive. Will survive. But a place like Williamsport, where that's you know that's kind of part of the fabric of yeah. Williamsport is that team. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I I don't know. I again, I not in not privy to those discussions. Obviously, right. I don't like it. I I just don't like it. No, a lot of people don't like it, and it's it's interesting. Minor league baseball was a thriving enterprise on Labor Day a year ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. In what way were they hurting Major League Baseball? Uh, and let's let's remember, what round did Mike Piazza get drafted in? Right. Okay. What is it, 40? Yeah. Mike Piazza got drafted in the 40th round. Yeah, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. Other than yeah, that. It's, 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 it just, I don't, I don't quite understand. Sometimes, you know, baseball can't get out of their own way. And I love, and you know, and I know you do too. I love baseball. Yeah, I love baseball. I know. It's like, but it they just do things. You're just like, what are you doing? Like now with this, these negotiations, you know, you're arguing the two sides. They're both making tons of money. You're arguing over a quarter. I know. I mean, what are you talking about? You know, just you know, if you have safety issues, that's another thing. You, I, you know, work work on that. But you're working on money. I mean, I come on. You know, geez. And there's no greater moment when Rich deliberately wears his Yankee hat just to get my goat. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, my brother's a huge Yankee fan, too. So. Oh, you've told me that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's right. Yeah. Now, Donnie Collins and I, the one the one Zoom conference, I forget which player, we both had Yankee hats on, and I was getting text messages from other people <laughs> on the beat saying, did you guys plan it? And I said, no, we didn't plan it. We just, that's, you know. That's the way it is. <laughs> hey, it's the way you roll, man. Yeah, the way you roll. <laughs> it's either that or a Packers hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. You, you, don't, you don't have a half hour to talk about the Packers draft, do you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> You'd have to bring in Audrey. And Audrey and I just let us go for about a half hour, Audrey Snyder, and, and discuss that. Oh, yeah. I think maybe we'll do that next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that may actually be something fun to do next week. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey yeah. Hey. That'd be nice. Hey, take good care. It's really Thanks, it's really great to hear. It's been way too long. Yeah. Hope to see you guys soon. Hope to see you too. 
Flying Eagle. Coming up, news then the king here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you and thank you for your years of patronage taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones today's show brought to you by brewers outlet reagan street in sunbury the beverage supermarket imports domestics microbrews best selection of beer anywhere wine coolers water soft drinks snacks and now, Matt, for you to bring young Luke over. He's old enough now for a slushy, isn't he? Yeah, we could sneak him one. Yeah, they have six flavors of slushies over there. And after they ask the suit to go over and test some, and then for some reason after 12 minutes ran out, they're replenished, set to go. And they also have the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and go online and do your shopping at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory, all at sunburymotors.com. With that now, we bring in the king. What up? So how'd you like having one of our best citizens running around your state? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) They finally caught him, I guess, right? Yeah, he started off like, I don't know, seven miles from our house in Willington. So it was kind of freaky because all they said was he... He killed that guy with a machete and really injured another guy with a machete, and he's a Yukon student. And we're like, okay, there's like no homes in our town at all. <laughs> it's only 3,000 people live in the town completely, especially when the college. So we were kind of a little freaked out there for one day, but lock and everything. And, and then he ended up down in Sandy Hook. And then he ended up in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So, but they got him. Yeah, as a real piece of work. Yeah. So. New question. Then along that. comes the riots and throw it in with a yeah. epidemic, and here we go. We've got yeah. the whole country's all screwed up. So. so then we'll have fun and do trivia. Then all right. So let's do that. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't done trivia in a couple of weeks, three weeks. We didn't do it last I, week. I will lead it off. In the TV show Cheers, Sam Malone, played by Ted Danson, plays a washed-up Red Sox relief pitcher. In the background in the bar is a picture of a Red Sox pitcher, which is supposed to be Sam Malone in his heyday. In reality, who is the picture of? Can I make a guess? 
Everybody can. Jim Lomborg. That's exactly what it is, Jim Lomborg. Yeah, would not have gotten that one. <laughs> He's a former Philly. That's true. Jim Lomborg pitched for the Phillies. Come on, man. Lomborg, Lomborg, a little bit different than Sam Malone. He's been married to the same woman for 50 years, has six kids, a bunch of grandkids, and is now a dentist. He's been a dentist for a long time. Is he still a yeah. dentist? Yeah. Wow. Amazing, huh? He was a great, great pitcher. Remember Sorry, listening before. to him would be in the basement. Remember they were playing the Twins in the uh, last playoff. game, last last yeah. game of the last game of the regular season. Yep. They they yeah. they they won it and they charged the field and carried him off the field, ripped his jersey off. That was '67, right? Yep. Sure was. Yeah, we got really friggin' old, Steve. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> We're That's talking right. 50 years ago. <laughs> just just means we have experience. <laughs> it seems Maybe. like it was just the other day, you know? I know. Really weird. They're black and white TV, Matt. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Black and white and TV. we had little transistor radios. That was like the coolest thing to have a transistor radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, by the way, the Cheers, the the bar Cheers, is now known as Cheers. It had yep. been the Bull and Finch for years, but then they changed the name actually to Cheers. So it's on Beacon Street. <laughs> Norm. Norm. I love that show. <laughs> it's a it, it's a dog eat dog world, and I feel like I'm wearing milk bone underwear. <laughs> that was an we, awesome I show. I took I took Kevin Matt. You'll love this. Kev Kevin's not a big Red Sox fan. Okay, no. But I I was able to get I was able to get four tickets in the in the uh, um in the club. The EMC Club. Big game, Kansas City Royals. <laughs> <laughs> They're really, really, really good. This is typical Red Sox, and I know where he's going with this story. Just to interject, <laughs> typical Fenway Park. In about the fourth inning, they're playing the Kansas City Royals, and the fans start chanting, Yankees suck. Yeah, Yankees that suck. Yeah, they they can't they get past the Yankees yeah. at right. all. Yeah, no, and I, I've always thought that was so wrong. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, like, God, every other booth outside the like, stadium, you're walking through Yaki's Way and all that, it's all Yankee suck T-shirts yeah, and Yankee suck hats and little bats that say yeah, Yankee that's suck. That's right. They, they can live with that up there. It's, it's like, get over it. <laughs> Yeah. So we were given, I think, I think we were given coupons for the uh, for the food too. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom Werner is one of the minority owners of the Red Sox. The actual bar from the TV show Cheers was in the box. How about that? Right. And Kevin Kevin says, "You guys have to be kidding me, really?" He says. <laughs> Which one's Norm's chair? And I say, there's Norm's chair. So Kevin went over and sat in Norm's chair, and he looked over at me. He says, I may hate the Red Sox, but this is pretty cool. Oh, me and the bartender were friends. <laughs> oh, there you go. At least you make some Steve peace. comes up to the bar. The bartender knows my name. I've been there for what? <laughs> Five minutes. 
I got pretty drunk, so anyway. <laughs> so on that story, we'll take a break back with more trivia in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Don't forget, slushies, six flavors. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, and I've asked my question. Now it's up to you guys. Who's up? Matt? All right, yeah, I'll go next. Um, Which NFL game was first first aired on TV? Which NFL game first aired on TV? Wow. Um, First televised NFL game? Yes. I will say it would be the New York Giants against the Brooklyn Dodgers. You have one of the teams right. Is it the Yankees and the Brooklyn Dodgers? No. Okay. No, I'm going to – you said NFL, right? NFL – that first aired sure. on TV, yes. Yeah. I'm going to go the Giants against the Cleveland Browns. The answer is the Brooklyn Dodgers against yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles. Ah. <laughs> so I, knew, I, knew, I knew it was Brooklyn. <laughs> and by the way, there was a team, the Boston Yankees became the New York Yankees at one point in, in the NFL. So that's, they didn't do a lot of clever names back then. But I knew I knew Brooklyn was one. How many teams, I'll give you how many teams, just name the two teams, scored less than 300 touchdowns from the year 2000 to current, 2020? Two teams scored less than 300 touchdowns. I would say Tampa Bay. Eh. Tampa Bay, huh? How about Buffalo? No. This is in one year? From 2000 till now. All right. I'm going to go with uh, the Jaguars and um, shoot, I just had it. Ah, the Browns. Oh, you got half of it. I was going to say, God, how could you not say Cleveland? (laughs) I'm surprised at the other one. The other one is Houston. Yeah, wow. I figured Detroit, you know, Detroit and uh, Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Houston and Cleveland. Houston scored 273 touchdowns, and Cleveland scored 282. All right. But part of it is Houston did not play in 2000 or 2001. Right. right. Yeah, they were because expansion. they switched out yeah. Texas. So that explains that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Kind I actually saw the question, Texans. My apologies. So because Matt got Cleveland right, that's the correct answer. There we go. I actually saw the Texans for their first and for their first inaugural season in 02. It was my very first Eagles game at the vet. Wow. Gonna, Eagles won 35-17. 
I'm going to guess David Carr was the quarterback. Correct. Yes. Do they really have a police station at the vet? Um, yes, supposedly, and, and a yes. courtroom in the bottom part in the stadium yes. uh, lower bowl. Yes, because okay, it's it's that. it's no no it's a really fun place to see a game. All right, so um, <laughs> oh boy, wow. They pee on like you at Foxborough, so it's not much better. Oh, they need a police station. Beautiful. Name the only NFL team to play its games in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Wow. Eagles. Browns. <laughs> Think of chocolate, bro. You know. <laughs> the Dallas Texans. Really? Wow. They're in the process of going out of business and eventually became the Baltimore Colts. How about That's that? Fascinating. Because I knew the Eagles had used to have training camp there, or have a training mm-hmm. camp there for yep. a time. Like 1952 or something. Yeah. Like 1952, something like that. Yeah. Good questions. Really good questions. All right, I'm going to golf hey, now. Hey, Matt, you're up. Yep. Who, who won his first major at the Masters in 2015 and also won the 2015 U.S. Open? Jordan Spieth. Bingo. Jordan Spieth. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that one was a layup. <laughs> I'll take the softball. Okay. Back to football and from 2000 to 2020. This is out of respect for Matt because of, he knows more about this stuff. Not fair throwing him questions. And... <laughs> um. Who gave up the least amount of points from the 2000 to 2020 in the NFL? What team? In other words, who has the best defense Mm -hmm. from 2000 to 2020? I will say the Chicago Bears. At? I am going to say the Patriots. Both good answers, but not correct. And you'll agree, the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, that's a yeah, yeah of course. It's almost like, oh man, that was, yeah. My second, that was my second choice, yeah. but I just like yeah, I always feel like the Ray Bears Lewis play and all that stuff. They've been. I always feel like the Bears play. Years. I always play, feel like the Bears play so many low-scoring games. That's why I like coin flip no, between good, the Bears good, and the Ravens. Both good answers. Real good answers. Yeah. I don't know where they rank on the – I don't have a list, but um, I'm sure both those teams are right in the top – at least top ten. So. Devo? Oh, I'm up. All right. I'm up. Okay. What team did the Pittsburgh Penguins defeat to win their first Stanley Cup? That would be the Detroit Red Wings. Wow. Dev? Um, Detroit Red Wings. 
the Minnesota North Stars. No way, really. Oh yes, I'm, I forgot about the one in the nineties. <laughs> well, they they oh no, then they won the year after too. Yeah, that's right. I never they knew went Minnesota back to back. even played in the Stanley Cup Finals. Wow. Uh, in fact, there are a lot of people. Star, who was Minnesota's star back then? Uh, I want to say Neil Broughton, uh, who had been on the Olympic team. Yeah. Wow, that goes way back. All right, I'm going to boxing now. Name the boxer who stunned Mike Tyson. Oh, um. <laughs> Buster oh, Douglas. Man. Buster Douglas. Yes. Buster yes, Douglas. that is correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was yeah, at a Penn State basketball game in Columbus. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, he was enjoying life. Okay, was... final 2000-2020 question in the NFL. Since we're just hoping we play football this year. Yes. Who outscored their opponents with the most points? During the 2000s, from 2000 to 2020. Rams. I'd say the Steelers over the Browns. <laughs> eh, eh. New England Patriots. Wow, there you go. Oh, I <laughs> thought you meant it was team against team. No, who scored the most uh, most points? Oh, okay, so it was one team. Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about like, like who outscored their opponent the most. And it would be the Steelers over the Browns. Come on, man. It's got to be. <laughs> I mean. So true. Everyone stay safe. You too, Kev. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Hey, it's stop by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Get some slushies. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.